Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to Recall the Midwife, the podcast where we watch an episode of Call the Midwife and talk about it. Today we are on Series 5, Episode 3. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with a traumatic abortion, infidelity, and serious illness. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In today's episode, after delivering a healthy baby girl, Jeanette Sue is taken ill and Patsy immediately recognises the symptoms of typhoid. It brings back painful memories for Patsy of her mother and sister. After a neighbour, Stan, passes away, Patsy is determined to track down the carrier. Meanwhile, Sister Winifred is teaching first aid at the local school and comes to the aid of the teacher, Miss Whitmore, who faints after class. Sister Winifred suspects that Miss Whitmore is pregnant and it's confirmed by Dr Turner. Miss Whitmore fell pregnant following an affair with a married man and when her landlady finds out, she kicks her out and reports her to the school, meaning that she also loses her job. Sister Julienne finds a place for her at a local women's shelter, but as she becomes increasingly desperate, she takes matters into her own hands and tries to abort the baby herself, with dire consequences. Meanwhile, Tom has won a meal for two in the local WI raffle in, and invites Barbara to join him, but Barbara struggles to find the right time to tell Trixie. Delia moves into Nanata's house to Patsy's delight, but Delia and Patsy struggle to navigate their new living arrangements. Well, well lady, I'll, well, I'm just going to say this um 10 points to any listener that guesses it the, but my zero is going to be no surprise this week <laughs> <laughs> well i think this is such a weird episode as well like I, I know we always say this but it's such a episode of duality they have such joy with the barbara and tom bit and then yeah. oh my goodness the bleak darkness now this is the first time i've seen this episode loads 
this yeah. is the first time I have actually watched the whole thing through. I've had to fast forward loads before on loads of the parts of it because oh, I'm really, really squeamish. Sure. Um, so I actually did it for this podcast. That That is how dedicated I am. You are dedicated. One of our listeners in our last, last listener episode asked if we could talk more about music. And yeah. there's a song in this week's episode that I don't know if you girls clocked it, but I did. So either, I mean, we can all chat about it, but I did make a specific note of the song so that we can discuss because that was a listener request and I thought this song choice was very interesting so nice. anyways that's for when we get there but you guys I just want to say one thing before we start just really quick on a personal note this sounds like I've got a big announcement I haven't um my (laughs) daughter was the fairy queen yesterday in our local fate I now know how it all works still don't really understand it if I'm honest but uh, <laughs> or why? No really, preg- there was no heavily pregnant outgoing queens. It was uh, yeah. all. It was a very very hot day. Fun was had by all, and my daughter said it was the most magical day of her life. But she's five, so yeah. yeah. Oh bless, she looked gorgeous. Yeah, really, really cute. Really, really cute. She should have. It cost eighty quid there. <laughs> <laughs> they did a great job. Now, now for listeners, Alex's daughter has the most beautiful hair. It's the most beautiful color. It's so long. It's so thick. It's so luscious. So like, oh my God, she's a beautiful girl. To be fair, it is ridiculously good. They they took photos of it. It's going on the website. I have paid good money to try to get hair as pretty as that. And oh my God, it just grows out of her head. I'm so jealous. Well, also they were like, keep it, keep it dirty. So she hasn't had it washed for a week. And they were like, it hair's not been washed for a week. And it was so, looked raisin still. Silky, yeah. Dirty hair is best for an updo. It is because well, it gets that grip. Liz yeah. was disgusting, full of sun cream. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she really. It was really gross when she got home because if there's anything like the updos I always had for formal events and stuff like that, it is just like like so much hairspray and bobby well, pins she and got clips changed. and everything else. She got changed out of a big long dress into shorts and t-shirts straight afterwards and went on. Did she keep her hair up? Did keep her hair up and she went on teacups, yeah. trampoline. They had all these oh, rides uh, and it and never moved. Did- yeah, and then when she came out, she got the pins out, and I was actually I was actually working on the bar at this point because I'm community set minded. So I was volunteering in the bar at that point. So my mum and dad took her home, but literally, her hair was like in place with the hairspray, and then they they washed it last night, and I've had to wash it again tonight. It was rank still. Yeah, oh. I totally believe that. The things we do for beauty. And also, they had about five thousand pins in it. You know, when you have your hair put up for something for a wedding. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. basically never have to buy grips again. No. Well, yeah, exactly. I've got I've got a load of them. And also at the hairdressers, I took uh, Pano Chocolat because the the Rose Queen and the Rose Bud were having their hair done at the same time. It was like a bit of a party thing. Mm-hmm. I took like juice and like Pano Chocolat, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's like a wedding day." Like, you know, wedding day celebration. I was like, what oh, is? Aww. Yeah, it was cute. It was so sweet. And there was not anyone charged for being gay in sight. Thank goodness. Well, it wouldn't happen anymore, luckily. Although none of them are married. The eldest was nine. Anyway, <laughs> should we carry on with the episode? <laughs> yeah, let's. So should we, talk about, should we start by talking about Jeanette and Benny Sue? Yeah. Yes. Should we talk about the first scene, that toilet? Rank. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, well, at least it was a toilet, though, and not just God knows what. I didn't know what not that just door was hole in the ground. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, literally just a wooden bench with a with a thing cut out. Oh, no. Yeah, oof. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. That reminds me of Glastonbury. Was... Less said on that, the better. Oh, uh, yeah. Did I, I thought Benny was really fit. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the husband. Yeah, he's yeah. really cute. He's really cute. Yeah, I haven't. Seen, I don't. I don't remember that there are a lot of Asian couples in the show. And he and because the because there's a Asian couple very recently on the call new new season of Call the Midwife. He he was kind of giving me flashbacks to that, and I was like, I wonder if this is the same guy. And then I was like, No, no, no. Obviously, it's not Jennifer. Like, don't be weird. But anyways, yeah. No, Benny was very cute and sweet and very tall. Very very tall. Yeah. 
Like even he's, just in general on the show, he's just a tall guy. Yeah, he was chiseled. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his wife, we know I'm going to do this. Do we recognize his wife? <laughs> oh, I didn't. Yes, I did. I did recognize her, but I couldn't really place her in time before that. I should tell you. She's. Becky? I think because you only see her briefly. No, I've got no idea who she is. Right, her name is Claudia Jesse, and okay. she is in Bridgerton. Um, Wait a minute. No, I don't have it. She's Eloise it's- in Bridgerton. No, she is not. Yes, she is. And she was also in Vanity Fair. No, she is not. Yeah, she is. 100%. Wow. Yeah. That was so long ago. Yeah. Because this episode of Call the Midwife aired in what, like 20, I don't know, 15 or something like that? Yeah. She was so young when she filmed that then. Well, I don't I think she must have been quite young. Oh, wait a minute. She's 33 now, so she was about 23, 24. Oh. oh I would yeah. not have okay. said she was 33 now when you see her in Bridgerton. I know. I wouldn't have either. I wouldn't well, have Maybe either. that's why she got the part. She's playing like a teenage girl, isn't she? Wow. Well, yeah, they're also... Well, the thing is, Nicola Coughlin is also, like, in her 30s. And I saw something the other day that in Dairy Girls, like, in the first season of Dairy Girls, she's supposed to be 16, and she's, like, 30 when she does that role. And yeah. now, obviously, she's got to be, like, even older because, I mean, you know, that's how time works, I guess, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so she was born in 1987, so that she's means 33. she's 30. 33. Yeah, no, 34. Well, on Wikipedia it says she's 33, so she might not have had a birthday yet. No, she's born in January, so she's got to be 33. So, anyways, well, fascinating. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point being, I don't, that know, is I don't know how I don't know how math or time works, so just no one question any of my things I just said. But also, we'll just trust, we'll just trust so, Google. Jen, did you know about the story over here? So obviously, there's been a lot about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and everything, all loads of stuff going on over here in the in the press. But yeah. there was something in his book about someone asked what the baby will look like when it was born. Oh, was that was a big break. story in the US. No, yeah. that, well, no that's that, was that wasn't from his book. That was from the Oprah interview. The Oprah interview. Oh, sorry. That was from the, sorry, it. sorry. But Bex mm-hmm. is a real correspondent. I do apologise. Anyway, there was that horrible cow of the cousin or relative or whatever of Jeanette. who was like, Auntie Meg, what does it look like? And oh. That story. Yeah, there was... Oh, you know what? I should have added some, like... There there was some real prejudice and, like, kind of racist comments that were made in this episode. I should have added that to the trigger warning. Not overtly, like... Well, they were dealt like, with swiftly there and then, though. They were... Yeah. They weren't... They weren't yeah, because Meg... None of Meg just didn't she was great she really yeah. did everybody in the she shut it down instantly yeah that's rightly yeah. so nana meg was great wasn't she and also, benny's family is chinese is that right yeah but yeah. he came to the uk when he was six so he's been in the uk for like he's been in the uk far longer than he lived in china yeah yeah but they still called the daughter marina because he came over on the water <laughs> <laughs> marina uh, margaret it's a nice name it's a really pretty name actually okay now girls Pronounce Nanny Meg's last name. I can't because I would have said it was Mahoney, but that's, that's what not, I thought too. But that's not how they pronounce it in the show. It's like Mahoney or something like that. Yeah. It was very. It was, and each one of them kind of said it different. And even like Patsy had to say it the most, and even she said it different ways, kind of different times. And you kind of got the feeling that she was doing the scenes, and she's like, "Mrs. Ma- uh-huh. And anyways, you know, and then like when move Mahoney. on. It was a very, Mahoney. Like I always think, do you know who I think of? Police Academy. Yeah, but that's not that's I don't think if you watch back, I don't think it sounds like that when they say it. They don't say it that that cleanly in it in the yeah. episode. They don't. Well, but... should we should we see what YouTube says sure. about how to pronounce this word? Let's start. Mahoney. Yeah, that's how we're pronouncing it. Mahoney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
You just have and it. now a little bit slower. <laughs> Mahoney. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, this is fascinating stuff. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, but Meg Mahoney, we'll call, we'll call her Meg Mahoney because that's how we want to say it. Uh, she said, yeah. "I'm 63 years and I've never spent a day on my own in my life." And she's acting like that's amazing. That is it. Oh my god, my that would be. I thought of you, Alex, because I was like, Alex. <laughs> All I want in this world is a day on my own. But the thing is, you're you are like Meg because you haven't. You don't spend time on your own, I and know. you're like, I'm not bragging about it, Jen. I'm complaining. She's bragging, saying I love it, and I'm like, no, no. Oh, I I want I, a bloody minute to myself of peace. I, I love I love I love being by myself. I oh, actually oh great for you too. Okay, listen. If you wanted some time by yourself, you could find a way to get time by yourself. We won't get into it more than that, but like, if you want to make that priority, you could take an hour once a week and go be alone. I'll just say that. Just, just gonna say it. Just gonna say it. I love I you can very actually, much. Actually, while but... I'm editing this. Yes, exactly. Yeah, think about that. Yes, um, I will think about it. I hope you think about it too. Do you, is someone else right. to edit? All right. Well, listen. We'll our 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 we'll, t- we'll take the rest of it offline. But she's but she's like literally in the most dense housing situation that there possibly could be. Everyone is on top of each other. Also, of buildings. Also, did you guys think? Now, I thought this when I first when I was watching this. Okay, do you remember? Think back when Jenny Lee was still on the show, and there was the mom who was like really really run down like jennifer like jennifer worth had just come out of jennifer lee jenny lee had just come out of um delivering and the mom was like hanging up the washing and she's like oh mrs blah 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 how are you doing yeah and she had the baby that she had the baby who was ill didn't she yeah and she was the one that like like that like that like um grabbed the baby and like ran barefoot up to to nanata's house and everything that i think that's that stage where they had that that how that like the exterior housing thing was the same set that they used for this scene this episode it looked the exact same to me yeah i I don't know i I, I don't know if that's true but i I think it was i think it was the same thing i mean i I know they reuse a lot obviously but that one just looked like they yeah like really the same so anyway they were all living on top of each other in buildings she was loving the fact that she was never alone weird yes. weirdo and they would it, they showed the toilet at the start I think they showed this toilet at the start knocking on the door getting a kid out just to show how crowded it, the living conditions were mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Jeanette had a baby everything was great with Marina Margaret she was a gorgeous little thing she had a fit dad positive mm. future and then <laughs> Jeanette got ill and thank god for Patsy because Patsy knew Patsy was like ring an ambulance because she saw what she yeah. was she saw what she was doing yeah. and she knew it was typhoid so Jeanette was really really poorly and then obviously Benny the dad had to look after the baby along with Meg Nana Meg she looked after billions of children before it seemed no wait wait can we just also say Nana Meg was so excited because the other thing that she made a big point of telling everybody when that baby came was that this was her great grandchild and she's yeah. 63 years old <laughs> great grandchild at 63 just knocked me over with a feather but okay sure to be fair there's, there's people in my year at school who've got grandkids and they are the same age as my daughter well they're on track to be great grandmothers then yeah you may you may have peers in a few years that are great grandmothers just like Nanny Meg. Well, I love well, hopefully after we're the typhoid. <laughs> hopefully the, not. Yeah. After the typhoid outbreak is basically 
So I don't know if it's Stan had passed away at this point. No, he no, didn't pass he away until yet. after after until after um, Jeanette goes to the hospital. Yeah. So he, pa- yes, yeah, Stan, the neighbor who she keeps feeding sandwiches, dies as well. But it's not until after they discover it's typhoid that infected Jeanette, and then right. he dies, and then they test him. Otherwise, I don't think they would have tested him for typhoid if they didn't know. And they, well, they were starting. Him. They were starting to test everybody in that in that. No, group but I mean because... they wouldn't have done the post mortem if they didn't know about the typhoid. Oh, in the first oh. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So what I, I should actually follow through with my point, because all I've said at the moment is that I love the typhoid outbreak. Um, did not. <laughs> what I loved was when... when oh, I, love a, Turner... I love a good typhoid outbreak. <laughs> Quote Max right I there. I love when Dr. Turner came around to talk to them all. And he's like, with some basic hand hygiene, we can stop the spread. And Angie's like, is that all you've got? In 1963, just wash your hands. And I was just thinking... Just wait until 2020. Oh, God. (laughs) Singing happy birthday whilst washing your hands. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's it's really it's really uncanny how much basic hygiene of all types is still a virologist's favorite thing to recommend. You know what I mean? Like, apparently we're all really disgusting because it's like you know. I think we are. We, we share germs way way too easily as like a as a species. You know? Yeah. Uh, they were still recommending that. Yeah. Tested for typhoid, and I genuinely they had these quite unnecessary, if I'm honest, uh, people who film the show. All these close-ups of blood in syringes and i genuinely nearly passed out twice oh al you should have watched our version because they didn't have any of that they literally were just like we're testing everyone boop 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 and then it was like oh the test came back and they didn't show any of that in our episode you would have liked oh i'm jealous because i genuinely had to just like sit a bit and it's really hot here today i had to sit with my head between my legs while my daughter was like what are you doing what are you doing oh yeah you had a lot yeah it's the worst when it's hot and you're having one of those spells yeah but i'm also you know how squeamish i am with blood and anything like that yeah but feeling queasy is truly a terrible feeling i'm i'm really sorry yeah and you you really got it in both storylines this week unfortunately oh the other one i nearly died as well yeah oh Um, when they get to the bus stop so oh, no, Meg no, no. was confirmed as the carrier of the typhoid, despite, is it yeah. Angie Bex, the awful auntie? The awful yeah, woman? Angie. Angie yeah. basically giving him daggers saying it's because he's from China that he's spreading typhoid because she seemed like such a lovely woman. No, wait a minute. <laughs> was, that, was that Jeanette's aunt or Jeanette's mother? I thought it was Jeanette's mother. I didn't think aunt. it was his mother. I think it was like her auntie. Oh, okay, okay. Cause, yeah, because they that... talked about cousins, didn't they? yeah. Because I, I just, I just think I assumed it was the mom. Because I don't, I don't remember meeting Jeanette's mother in any other. No, I don't. I don't. Know. I don't think it was the mom. I don't think it was the mother. I don't think they actually clarified at any point who Angie was. But they said about cousins living in close proximity. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's although, but you know what, Nanny Meg, she immediately clapped back and was like, "No, no, no, take that back right this second. We don't talk about family this way. Benny is one of ours. We love him." Yeah, like, and she made him apologize know. like I do to my five-year-old. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was so good. Like, because immediately you could see how bad Benny felt about it, and he'd already, I think, even said something like, "Do you think it could have been me?" Because I, you know, like da da da. Because he immigrated here, he didn't know what he maybe could have caught caught when he was, you know, in China, you know, his birth country. And they were like, no, 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 love, don't worry about it, da, da, da. And then, so yeah, Nanny Meg really stood up for him. I really like that. And Nanny Meg was an absolute hero. And then yeah. her feeling so guilty. I felt so bad for her. Oh, God. Because when, when it was confirmed, home. it was her. Like, obviously, there had been a, a granddaughter nearly, nearly died. And then yeah. Stan did die. So I can understand why she felt so guilty. Like, I know she shouldn't have, but I can understand why she did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now, completely. Jen, you might not have got... This might have been a, del- a deleted scene for you. Did you have this scene where Patsy was basically trying to deduce what what 
the carrier of the disease was and she was like trying to track down the food and she was like if it was the spam or if it was this oh and no then, we didn't we didn't get that part and then sister monica jones says um about it could have been the potato salad and she describes potato salad as a harbinger of doom <laughs> it was no, just amazing i would have i would have i would have pulled that quote for our series recap because that w- a potato salad being the harbinger of doom would have been an amazing quote for the recap so i definitely missed that scene for sure although i will say i've never had potato salad what it's got mayonnaise no but you can make it now with yogurt or with well i'll try it without yogurt i'll send you a recipe alex you should you also there's lots of potato salads that don't call for mayonnaise they're like vinegar based and everything that are really delicious as well also you can now get vegan mayonnaise yeah i really like it you know after years of not having it it's a bit funny mayonnaise i'll i'll send you a no mayo potato salad recipe i you gotta eat potato salad it's a delicious way to enjoy potatoes i'm sure i'm sure i'd like it oh my gosh chilled on a summer day especially with the heat you guys are having right now because it does, you don't have to worry about like it, you know, going funky or whatever in in the warmth and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, that's not that's what, what Sister Monica Jones says. Sister Monica Jones knows better. Yeah, exactly. Although we had we had in the U.S. there was a typhoid outbreak. Obviously, do you guys have the saying like typhoid Mary? Is that like a like a a thing you guys would say? Like, it, do you know who typhoid Mary is? Have you heard that? Before? I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, that, but... I've heard it. it. I don't think it's very famous. Well, not that I know. I don't. I, w- I wouldn't we, say we, it's. We're probably just ignorant. oh no i wouldn't say it's like very famous but like sometimes like if you know like if you're the person if you're like in a group of people and you're coughing or you're sneezing you seem like you're sick or whatever you know and then and then maybe like a couple days later another person gets sick or something you know they would joke like oh it's a typhoid mary or whatever kind of this you know this one person that's like spreading disease and everything and basically the story is that over here there was a woman who worked in food service and she had typhoid but she was like nanny meg she was a um an asymptomatic carrier of it and without going into detail just to say she did not practice great hygiene she spread the disease around you know a lot of people got sick a lot of people died this was like in the 1800s and and then they finally yeah exactly and then they figured out that it was her and they like removed her from you know that position and they put her you know somewhere else or whatever where she couldn't you know and there i think she even came back and did it one more time again not really understanding i'm hoping what was what the issue was there but she then became kind of like this poster child for not only spreading the disease, but also like, you know, what not to do and all, of, you know, the dangers oh, of it. How embarrassing. That. Years later, yeah. you're, everyone is talking about you on a podcast. Yeah, whatever. that's what you're famous for. I know, I know. Disease. She was just a lowly food service worker, you know, and then, you know, like a really infamous and terrible legacy. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, thought it was... You know, Ring a Ring of Roses, but that was actually the plague, so ignore me. Yeah, that was the uh, plague. <laughs> something different, a different horrible disease. But yeah, but typhoid. I mean, I've I've never encountered anyone. You know, I mean, I, I I've never even heard of anybody having it ever, like in real life. So I I mean, no, yeah. same. Thank goodness. And I hope I never over. do. Hopefully, yeah. So should we say? So Jeanette does get better, but Nanny Meg is still really upset. She's scrubbing her hands raw. The poor, her poor yeah. hands were so red. And I will say, Sheila was a little bit like so once they find out that nanny meg is the is the carrier they have to go and register her at the clinic so that you know it's known kind of that you know this is a situation and as they're doing it 
she was like, oh, you're a carrier. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we have to just change your records. And then if you move, you have to let us know and everything. And you could tell she was feeling so self-conscious about it. And Sheila, I thought, was just a little bit, she was like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. You know, you just have to remember that, like, you know, you really have to take care of your hygiene. And like, you know, you could kill everyone, but you probably won't. It'll she was like glib, wasn't she? Yeah, exactly. And you could see Meg just like withering, you know. And then she was like, well, they will like potentially give you a new house, like a new council flat and everything, because they really want to keep you, you know, like away from everybody and like, you know, in a more hygienic, you know, setting and everything it was just it was just I don't know she just missed the mark for me on that one but yeah 100% but but that is a way that Patsy ultimately ends up kind of helping her pro you know like come to terms with with being a carrier and still you know being close to her family and all that kind of stuff and I I I thought it was a good solution I wasn't sure how they were going to really get there but it was it was the best solution bless Nanny Meg like I do think I mean I see how she just felt guilty and she says at one point, I just feel dirty, mm-hmm. but she didn't have hot running water. Like when yeah. everyone's in, when you think, oh, she had poor hygiene, actually she was doing the best with what she had. And they didn't... Yeah, I think she just, I don't think anyone else would have thought that about her either. It's just yeah. the fact that she had it on, her, on herself feeling like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, by the way, Jeanette totally recovered and everything was fine and her and her fit husband lived happily ever after with Marina. <laughs> Yes, yes. He was very happy to have her back. Although it was really sad because he goes to the hospital and looks into her bedroom, like through the door, like little glass window in the door. And it's empty and he starts crying. And then she's like, oh, love, what's wrong? And then she's like, hello, love, from a wheelchair. It's all really exciting and happy. Yeah. And then he was so happy to see her. And it was just like, oh, you two cuties. Like, you're so sweet. So, yeah, it was really lovely. They were reunited. And then Meg goes into a council house and she's got, you know, hot and cold running water at her disposal, a trash chute to put her garbage down, laundry in the building, the whole thing. And the, and yeah. we see her like hosting the whole big family. And it's really lovely. Yeah. And she's not afraid anymore, which is basically the, the what we yeah. wanted to happen for her. Yeah. Yeah. Should we go on to the next one? I yes. think so. Yeah. Miss Whitmore. Oh, oh, her hair color It's very similar to my daughter's. <laughs> it is it is oh this 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 storyline really absolutely there's, li- this story there's not really a nice thing you can say about this story it was this just heartbreaking awful and the the pre this the storyline with Jeanette and the typhoid it was very personal for Patsy now this storyline is very personal for sister Winifred yeah and and, and if you thought the typhoid a story was in any way sad well buckle up because this one is about <laughs> to take you all the way all the way down. I mean, the, the typhoid story was actually really heartwarming, uplifting in comparison to this story because, <laughs> oh my God, it just, it's like, it's, it's bad and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And the story, and um, at one point, so Sis Winifred used to be a teacher, which I don't know, did we know that before now? I, we've I we've heard about her being with kids, like dealing with kids before and that's where her passion was before. But I didn't realize yeah. she was a full teacher before she was a. Yeah. So you know, Sister yeah. Winifred does say she just reminds me of myself because she's a teacher. But yeah. I also just thought that Sister Winifred and Miss Whitmore, just in their mannerisms and their, I felt that that even just they both had red hair. Yeah, they're just very similar. They were yeah, really similar storyline. Yeah. It was almost well, yeah. like if Sister Winifred had chosen a different life, she could have been Miss Whitmore. You know. Yeah. Yeah, can I, I just say, say that really quick? On the in the when they first seen of the school, it's Miss Whitmore and Sister Winifred, and Sister Winifred's gone in to show about first aid to the kids, and they're all got bandages. When that bell rang, the bandages were just thrown. <laughs> I know, I know. I was all across the, the classroom because literally the kids are absolutely covered. They're like mummies with bandages, and then 
they just basically whip them off and just like literally toss them in the direction of the teacher and then they just race right out of there it was one of the cutest <laughs> and funniest scenes it was so adorable and sister winifred's just like ha ha ha, ha. like oh children oh goodness and like yeah but that's how it happens so sister winifred's asked by miss whitmore if she misses it She's like, yeah and while she's talking miss whitmore just falls to the floor fainting yeah yeah <sighs> And then, and then they t- yeah, then they take her to the bathroom so she can kind of like, you know, get a cold compress and everything. And then she's she's sick, you know, she throws yeah. up. And then they, why did they- Sister Winifred look at the vomit though? Maybe um, to see if there was blood in it. You guys, health professionals always look at disgusting bodily fluids. And I <laughs> like I I mean, I'm sure it's a medical thing to like assess, like, oh, did she like what did she throw up? Like that could give me a clue as to like what's bothering her. But when they showed the handkerchief. Oh, I was just like, I didn't need to see that. I did not need to see that. Like, you could have found a different way to impart the fact that she threw up. But anyways. So she um, asked her about a month, please. A cycle. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and she was saying, oh, well, not really, not lately. And then she was, was like, hang on, you're being sick. Because also, what annoyed me a bit was Miss Bowen was like, oh, I've caught something from the kids probably. Just let it go there. But she didn't. She was right not to let it go, but I would have. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a health <laughs> But uh, then she suspects she's pregnant and she's right. And then... Sister Winifred's like, even even a married woman wouldn't be able to carry on working at work. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, in 1961. Oh, girls. Oh, girls. Mad, isn't it? Oh, it just... <sighs> Can we also talk about Jeremy? Number one, how much did oh. he look like Mr. B? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. I, sorry. We can talk about Jeremy and I am about to rake that man over the coals. But like, let's just say this for first, though. So the, the way it goes is Sister Winifred is like, oh, do you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you think you might be pregnant? Oh, I think I probably am. I'm really worried about it. But please don't tell anyone. She's like, well, I won't tell anyone. But you're not going to be able to keep on working at a certain point. Like, you're going to have to tell them that you're pregnant and then quit. Even a married wouldn't have to do that. And she's she gets really upset. And she's like, oh, she's like, but, and then Sister Winfrey's like, oh, but, you know, your boyfriend, like, you know, you guys will just, like, take care of it. And then it'll be fine. Like, you know, lots of people have been in this situation before. No big deal. And then they go to Dr. Turner. He confirms the pregnancy. Then he pieces out. He's gone. And Sister Winfrey is like, oh, I know you're really upset. But, like, come on. You can talk to your boyfriend about this. Like, you guys are in love. Like, he'll work it out. And she's like, she's like, he'll marry you. And she's he's and then Miss Whitmore goes, he's already married. And Sister Winifred is like, oh, oh, well, in that case, um, and then just like slowly backs out of the room, basically. And we're left with it. And then a minute later, you see Mrs. Whitmore with Jeremy. So Alex, and take Jeremy, it away. Jeremy, oh. Jeremy, what a charmer I've written. Oh, my also, God. Also, he looked just like Mr. Bean. He was wearing a brown tweed jacket as well. Now, Ugh. go back and look at him. Now, I've said that because he looks just like Mr. Bean. He looks what? like a piece of bread that was soaked in water. I mean, he just looks like the most <laughs> lip noodle. I'm like, I cannot believe that this man ever inspired any romantic feeling in you. Miss Whitmore, oh my God, poor woman, Jesus. Miss was- Whitmore is just let down for, by everybody at every turn. Yeah, <gasps> repeatedly. And he was married. He was like, you were, what really annoyed me was, so he met her on the bench and she was like, I'm pregnant whatever. And he was like, oh, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? Not what we going to do about yeah, it. Yeah, it well, yeah, well, yeah. Oh. But then and also, you oh, it's... To say you were wearing that dress when I first met you, like trying to make it this romantic thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. And also, wanted... he's just like, well, it might sort itself out. I'm like, that's not a solution. No. He's like, sometimes these things take care of themselves, don't they? And she was like, really? Are you kidding me? I mean, oh, the ignorance and stupidity of men. Just, just, just. Yeah, but the privilege. It's not affected him oh. one iota. She's not told no. his life. He's not had to change his life at all. He's lost maybe 200 pounds or something there. 
which I realised I learned normally in those days. But... Do you know what annoys me as well is that Miss Whitmore rings Jeremy and he answers the phone and pretends it's a wrong number. So he's very protective that their yeah. secret shouldn't encroach on his life. But then he goes and just sticks a note through a door. There's no thought for how whether anyone else could intercept that. Girls, yeah. when, I t- when I tell you I wanted to burn that man's life to the absolute ground, I when I watched it, I was like... Honey, you need to, when when she had the meeting, I, okay, so the landlady kicks her out, which is like, don't even Ugh. get me started on that, like, horrible What's landlady. A bitch? Like, literally just, like, dumps her suitcases out on the street, and she's like, you're Anne like a takes slut, the rent. basically. Anne takes the month's Yeah, rent. she takes the yeah, exactly. So stealing, basically. And then when the when Jeremy's letter comes through the through the letterbox, she she goes to the school and obviously trash talks Miss Whitmore there. And then when Miss Whitmore shows up to work after having been given like a night at a shelter by, you know, Sister Julianne never hit that. She goes in to talk to the headmistress and the headmistress is like, okay, here, this letter is for you. Your landlady dropped it off. Like, is there anything you want to tell me? <laughs> and then she's like, well, I, uh, you know, and then basically it's fired. And and I'm like, honey, you should, like, say it right there. Be like, well, you know who knocked me up? This man, the guy who's teaching fourth grade English right there. And yeah. then right after you leave that office, go right over to that man's house. As soon as the wife opens the door while the pot roast is cooking in the oven, just blast him to hell and back and tell him everything that's going on. Oh, you think you know your husband? You don't know your husband because you know what's in this little oven? Not a pot roast, a baby. <laughs> oh my God. I wanted her to just completely decimate everything. Like he was, he gave her 40 pounds, 40 pounds. I mean, what are you going to do with that? Nothing. It's nothing. Was and it was only 40. Like, well, it was just two big, like purpley blue yeah, yeah. pounds, basically. And then he writes her a note and he's like, oh, I hope this helps like sorry and i'm like oh my god you sorry lols just awful oh i I wish i could curse on this podcast because what a piece of absolute bleep 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 that we all know i mean just what a worthless piece of garbage man he was miss jeremy is lady like she did not have to go to the school but she did no she did not she was she did not she was a piece of work oh but she was she was absolutely loving it you know she took that letter and she walked right in there and was like well don't you blah 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 i mean oh that whatever the thing is though miss whitmore dorothy will call it dorothy would there be probably no repercussions for him even if she did try and burn his life down the wife probably wouldn't have left him he wouldn't have probably lost his job because it had been his word against hers, and she, she he'd have probably lied. And oh, said he I, I think so. But at least, at least, like then, at least, like live with the shame. Then you know what I mean. Of everybody, I know, but it's no, yeah, but probably are. people wouldn't believe it. Like it's just this horrible disparity of it all. It's disgusting. Well, and know, sis, but... sister Julian says that to sister Winifred, didn't she? She says at one point he yeah. will like she's paid a heavy price, but he'll likely pay no price at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Sister Winifred, after the landlady kicks out Dorothy, she comes to Nanata's house and she, like, Sister Winifred opens the door and she's like, I'm sorry, but I literally have nowhere else to go. I did, I had no clue what to do. I'm just completely, like, alone out here. And so Sister Winifred brings her in. You can tell she's really uneasy. And well, she sister- brings her in, what's the word, reluctantly. Yes, yeah. yes. And that really and, annoyed me. And it annoyed me as well. I mean, we find out why in just a second. But, like, Sister Julian is off, like, trying to find her a place to go. And Sister Winifred is, like, having the most awkward conversation with her ever. And then Sister Julian comes in and she's like oh you know we i like this is where you can go it'll be a really you know good place for you like in the interim while we work other things out and everything and she's like oh thank you so much so she goes and then sister winifred comes into sister julian's office and she's like oh by the way do you think we should transfer dorothy's re- medical records to like wherever the hostel is because like that's not in our area and basically so we julian- don't have to deal with her 
well, yeah, because Sister Julian's like, well, did she ask you to do that? Because, like, you really don't have to do that. And she was like, well, I just thought it'd be easier. And she's like, well, what's really going on here? And then basically Sister Winifred tells her, like, she makes me really uncomfortable because, like, she made all these bad choices. And, like, I think she's, you know, immoral, bankrupt or whatever. And Sister Julian is like, well, you've dealt with unmarried mothers before. Like, what's the problem? And she's like, well, they didn't remind me so much of myself. And she's like, well, maybe that's some work you need to do on your own then. And, like, not, yeah, like, not make Dorothy's this poor spell. woman, like, you. pay the price. Like, she doesn't need your judgment. She needs your care. Like, treat her like any other mother at this point. And you think if she did remind us so much of herself she would have been right to help her yeah more more i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> charitable. <laughs> well, more charitable yeah yeah but i think i think she i think she has her, i think she puts her own morality on a very high pedestal and then because she saw herself in miss whitmore it saw i think it i think it I think it showed her some something about herself that made her feel uncomfortable and you know and then that was that was what was really like driving her away and I, I mean I I will say like it, it's hard at times to see yourself re- reflected in someone else who's not doing well because it can like make you feel like a lot of really complicated feelings so I, I was sympathetic to that part but I was not sympathetic to the fact that like her job is not to judge that is one of the things that's to- yeah. like reinforced over and over and over again in the show like we're not here to pass judgment on our on our family like we're here to you know we're here to provide care well and... sister, sister julianne yet again you are no longer a teacher you're a midwife and miss whitmore is simply a mother is simply you a know, mother yeah exactly yeah exactly okay so after all that miss whitmore is kind of in the hostel all, all by herself she doesn't have a job she doesn't have a house she doesn't have anything she's very alone and it's very clear it's like what are we going to do well so we see her take a big drink of of gin because she's got the bottle right next to her and then and girls this absolutely like oh it was so upsetting to see this she had like really lovingly when she first got to the hostel put one of her dresses on a, on a coat hanger and then she then the, when she's sitting on her bed drinking the gin Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She takes the dress off of the coat hanger and then she start and then she like looks at it and like oh, honestly every, it makes every me, woman, honestly might faint live on the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone knows exactly Ugh. what's going on there. And I won't say more, just jump ahead. Okay, it's the next day. She's literally as pale as a ghost. She's so oh, she's sweating. She's sweating. Her hair is all matted to her head. One of the shoulders of her jacket is like falling off. She's like one of her sh- her shirt tails is like untucked from her skirt. She's like walking, she literally looks like a zombie like walking to the bus stop she stops at the bus stop this woman with her little daughter is standing there she's like oh you're all right and she's like huh. yeah, but the daughter was like that's my teacher 
Well, no, no, no. The thing is, Miss Whitmore then like collapses, and then the mom is like, "Oh my gosh, love, are you okay?" And everything. And the mom looks down, realizes Miss Whitmore is bleeding. Won't say more about that, but we all understand what's happening. And then that's when her daughter goes, "Oh my gosh, that's my teacher." And then her mom is like, "What?" And then she literally says to a guy who's standing at the bus stop with them, "Call an ambulance right away." And then she's taken to the London. And then that's when we get the word that that's when Peter Noakes shows up, and he is back. Peter's back. Yeah. No, Freddie or Chummy, sadly. No, and he's back for a really sad reason. And is this obviously. his last appearance? Um, oh, I don't I know. Don't, I don't know. I'm we'll have to double check that. I actually was surprised to see him, to be honest with you. But yeah. he comes in and he's like, well, there was an abortion, but she, but it wasn't successful. But she lost the baby. She miscarried after she got to the hospital. And Sister Julian and Sister And Winifred they had to perform both... a hysterectomy. Yes. They I know. And that, I think it's just heartbreaking because oh. that's, She'll she'll not have kids now. Well, she yeah. not she won't naturally. I like to think maybe she'll adopt in the future and when she's married or something. Yeah, I just maybe like let's so. have a positive spin. Although, can I just say on the uh, on the bit where she fell collapsed at the bus stop? Yeah, I think I might be a naive person, but I genuinely would have been like, oh no, something terrible's happened. Like she's had a bleed of the. She's, it's a really bad period. <laughs> I wouldn't automatically think it was a miscarriage. Uh- I, I don't know that I I don't know what I would have thought, but that much blood is not a period. There's no, no way I, wouldn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't, period. I, wouldn't I would ne- never have thought that. No. Yeah. Now no. I I don't know that I automatically would say, oh, that woman has had this like a like. Yeah. I wouldn't she, say, oh, it's a botched abortion. abortion but right. Exactly. Who's having, <laughs> having a miscarriage? Yeah, I mean, I would I would be like something terrible has happened here, like for sure. I mean, it's that's not. Yeah. No. 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 But the thing that's really terrible is that Peter is like, oh, well, you know, we really want to find out who did this to her because if it's an abortionist, then we're going to have to go after them because it's like offense against the person act of 1861. And if she did this to herself, then that's also a crime. Like she committed a crime against her own body, which we could potentially arrest her for, which like send me to the moon and back on that one as well. And then the next scene cut to like Sister Winifred crying and like desperate in the chapel and Sister Julie. As she should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, do you want to say they're all judging Sister Winifred here just as badly as she judged uh, Miss Whitmore. Yeah. Well, and, and anyway, so Sister Julianne comes in and she says, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong? What's wrong?" And she says, "Oh, I've, I've, you know, I've done so wrong by this woman. You know, like she, like when she needed a friend the most, I wasn't there for her. Like my judgment kept me away." And Sister Julianne, as wise as ever, she's like, "Well, she's never needed a friend more than she needs one right now, and I think you know where you can go to help her." And so she goes off to the London and she sits with her and they have a really sad but touching scene and it's just it's just really tragic and but it's the fact that sister Winifred they're then short a teacher so sister Winifred basically takes her job yeah I know I don't there was no there was no hard feelings by Dorothy though because she just gave her a big wave yeah yeah I mean Dorothy was there was no hard feelings against anyone really from Dorothy when there should have been Oh, yeah, Dorothy she had, had... She was well within her rights. She Ugh. should have burned her old house down before she left. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And burned Jeremy's house down with him in. Definitely. Had mistress's office. I won't say the school because the kids, but... <laughs> yeah. She should have She should have tarred and feathered Jeremy and, like, 1,000% that piece of garbage, man. The thing that really broke my heart is, and it's, so it's the end of the episode, Sister Winifred's gotten Miss Whitmore's job and she's in like the playground, you know, like telling all the kids to go inside after, you know, as a recess or whatever. And and Dorothy is standing on the corner looking at all of it with her, with her suit, with her suitcases and everything. She's clearly like recovered enough to kind of, you know, go on to do whatever she's going to do next. And the mature Jenny voiceover is basically like, 
oh, Mrs. Whitmore, like, she was going to be, you know, leaving, like, off to be forgotten, you know, never remembered, like, just another faceless crap lady to forget the or... and then be forgotten. She'd been dismissed from teaching. Yes. So she couldn't even go back to a job she loved in another area. She was going to have to, like, move, basically, and try yeah, and, like, have to move and from... completely change career. And build her life from scratch somewhere else. Yeah. But, but not Jeremy. No. Oh, Zero Jeremy. repercussions for Mr. Bean. No, no. <laughs> that, that, like, piece of wet bread that you know was like dressed in a suit god's sakes what i don't get is why miss tucker the landlady and the headmistress who i don't know the headmistress's name they i'm surprised they weren't more sympathetic i'm not it's the landlady landlady was awful the headmistress was probably the most sympathetic of the group but that's saying so 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 little i mean yeah she was just like well it's the way it has to be and you know you're a whore so get out of here (laughs) yeah it's your own fault yeah i mean like like, this on yourself like this shouldn't have not you should not have tempted a married man oh it was disgusting it was disgusting Oh my god. I mean, truly the the lack of agency women had in this time just will never will never not like completely wither me to my bones. I mean, it just the thing I know it didn't affect my mom she was 10 at the time. I hope it didn't anyway. This kind of yeah. thing. But at the same time, it just absolutely confounds me that my grandparents and my parents were alive at this time with things like this happening when there was such limitations on women and yeah. just I can't like the fact that she was a teacher but couldn't even work even if she was married. She wouldn't be able to work, be, work and be pregnant. It's just absolutely insane to me. That was mm. not in my lifetime, but 20 years. I was born in 81. It's literally 20 years before I was born. And that sounds like a lot. We all know 20 years goes in the blink of an eye. It is not yeah. a lot. Well, and just to say, like, yeah, I know. I mean, like, my mom was only, like, in 1961, she was she was barely a teenager. But the thing is, like, and, and you know, we've talked about getting her on the podcast or anything like that. But, like, she's told me many stories about places where she worked when she was in her early 20s, where she was a receptionist or, you know, like, um, what's that thing where you put the... Uh, the wires into the phone the telephonist um, yeah like the like the cable girl you know what I mean yeah. like the thing where you like connect the calls like oh I know what you, you mean know. yeah 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 that that job and um lots of like jobs like that you know like jobs women had that were kind of like low level or whatever and where women would be pregnant and it was like okay what are we gonna do like you know what, how are we gonna handle this and some of the some of the stories that she has are about like how all the women knew that the that this one lady was pregnant and they all banded together to protect her so that she could work as long as possible and hide it until like the very last minute and then you know something something i mean no one did that, that for flaming dorothy whitmore no, no. but the, i mean this was stuff that was happening to women in into the 70s i mean like not by 1979 by the time we were all born or hit that but like well into that decade and like i mean the family were born in 80s jen we're just very no. very young i know i was i was right at the very very tail end of that decade but like but the thing is it's just it's just I mean, yeah, it's 1961 in this episode, but like, it's not going to change for a while. And if any of our parents had been less, had been in different circumstances, stuff like this could have happened to them. And that's and we've we've touched on this before, and we've always said we don't want to get political, but we're almost taking steps backwards towards this time. Well, the U.S. has taken major yeah. steps backwards. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like we rewound the clock on that one, which was a place a lot of us didn't want to go. But yeah, so should we go just... somewhere nice? Should we go on an Indian yeah. date with Tom and Barbara? 
Oh, yes, we should. Please, let's, like, get a little bit of relief. Just to say so much love for Dorothy and, like, God bless her. I hope she really found a good place after she left Poplar. I like to think she adopted. Oh, what if she met a really nice widower with, like, a kid that maybe they could all be like a Dr. Turner of her own? You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Oh, let's let's imagine that future for her. Sometimes I'll call the midwife. I wish they would revisit storylines. You know, like, have people pop up again. Well, we've said this. We call the midwife. There's There's an opportunity. Yeah. No, but if if one of the writers listening, what I would quite like is <laughs> like in the future, in the future. Yeah. So perhaps when Doctor Turner, like spoiler alert, when Doctor Turner and no, actually this isn't a spoiler alert, when Doctor Turner <laughs> and Sheila are at Timothy's grammar school, perhaps Miss mm-hmm. Whitmore could be there with her stepchild. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I want them yeah. to just pop up in the background and be... Be doing well, loving life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, on to Tom and Barbara. Now, before we talk about these, do you know what WI is, Jen? Um. Okay, I had guesses. Um, WI, I thought might be like a, like a postcode something or other. And then I thought it might be like a, like a government um, like program. Those are my two guesses. Well, <laughs> I'm not 1,000% sure. On this, yesterday we had the Village Gala. And the WI had cream teas in the uh, in the village hall, and my oh. daughter was like, "World War One cream teas." Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so the WI is the Women's Institute. Oh no, I didn't. I would not have put that together. No. no. So no. it's basically what would you describe the WI as, Alex? A it's just a group who raise who do good deeds, raise funds. They're a charity. And it's all about camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a charity. It's a non-profit. Yeah. So the Queen okay. it's like was a really a big women's it's like a really big thing in this country. Do you guys know not. do you guys know anybody your age that does it? I know someone yeah, I do. So it's not like kind of fading away with the older generation, it's still going strong. Yeah, but it literally is like it spans I know so the WI that my mum goes to, someone's daughter now goes to. Uh, to be honest, it probably won't be long till I'm going. You but sure? it spans it spans women into the like eighties and nineties. I'm not gonna lie, when I went into the to the cream tea place, because that's where we had to go to meet up with the other retinue for the royal. Yeah girl thing they were all about the youngest was probably 65 uh yeah. yeah see this is what i'm afraid of is that it might it might i mean i don't know but i'm just saying like my mum was in another thing called lady circle there's round table and lady circle which is another thing where they raise money for charity uh-huh but it's so not the same I... it's not got the same history i don't think the wi have a meeting once a month and they'll have like a guest speaker that comes and then they'll do like cake sales and like the wi are renowned for being knitters and crafters and bakers and jam makers yeah mm, yeah yeah and do they raise char- they raise money for anything specific or just kind of good stuff in their area that they want to help support and so like i think that. they because every area has a wi uh-huh so I think sometimes they, uh, but then they'll do stuff nationally as well, I think. The mm. Queen was a member of her local WI. Was she? Yeah, in Norfolk. Did she up? Yeah, she did. Oh. I wonder if I wonder if anyone in the current young royal group is going to be a member of it. Or Maybe is a member of it. <laughs> oh my God. Like, historically, the WI, like they were, they were involved in like the suffragette movement and things. I wonder if it's something like, over here we have a group called the league of women voters it's probably not the exact it, they're not they're not the exact same thing but i'm sure we have some some ish type of equivalent over here but nothing nothing that national that i could point my finger to that's like for women specifically 
Yeah. But I love that. That sounds like a great organization. Well, the cream teas look delicious. Well, I mean, like all of those activities sounded like things that I would love to do. So I mean, yeah, if I was if I was in the UK, I I would probably make haste to get to a WI meeting and sign up right away because I love I love stuff like that. Bex, you should do it. I think you'd love it. Oh yeah. my god, I think you would yeah, be. Yeah, I don't think it's I think it's just a matter of time now. And a matter of like time, like meaning like the next two weeks. Listener, she's going to be registered before the end of the season. How did we start talking about the WI? Because we're talking about Tom and Barbara that won it in the WI raffle. Yes, that's, that's why. why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Trixie knows because Trixie keeps stumbling upon Tom and Barbara and giving them looks. Yeah, but she didn't know about the dinner until afterwards, did she? No, no and I'm with didn't. I'm with Phyllis on this because Same. and also I have to we have to talk about Phyllis and well Nurse Crane and Barbara's. No, wait, 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 girls. I'm sorry. Wait, we just like skipped over the like the really the most the the most important and like most fun of this whole thing though. So like Barbara's coming in from a birth and Tom is going out to like see a dead man and they cross paths and Tom is like, oh, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm good. Blah blah blah. And he and he's and she said, where are you off to? And he says, oh, well, I'm gonna go do all this stuff. And he's like, oh, and I'm gonna go pick up my raffle ticket that I won from the WI because I I I got a free dinner out to a Indian restaurant in the West End. And she's like, oh, that sounds so nice. She's like, we had an Indian family that gave us some food. And it was delicious. Like, I'm really jealous. Like, that sounds lovely. And he's like, also oh, really? so positive in it. Like, she's just so yeah. Oh, oh, just yeah. a ray of absolute sunshine, even though she's like dog tired, like, you know, like, whatever. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, he's like, would you want to like join me? And she's like, uh, 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 and he's like, um, yeah, like, let's do it. Like, we can do it on whatever day or something like that. And then he's like, okay. And basically, he says, like, it's a date. And then she's like, oh, well, and is, then it? He is says, it? Yeah. And then he like, and then he like smiles and like walks away. And girls, I know I've been hard on, on Tom the last few weeks. I, I, I have. But when they made those date plans, my heart skipped a beat. I, I'm, they, I am so. Excited. I absolutely screamed with delight. Right. I was, I was very into it. Like they both just. I don't know. Well, this, I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna say something here. I'm gonna really say something controversial. Okay. I love Barbara and Tom. You know how much I love Barbara. Yeah. But and even though they weren't compatible, it's still, it's. Imagine if I did that to you. You'd been engaged to someone, and then you know, a few months later, I'm going out on a date. It's not. It's not. She's not okay with the girl code there. Uh, I totally agree. My mom and I were watching mm. the episode, and at the end, we saw Trixie give Barbara the look when they were coming home from the date, and and we were like, oh. And I said to my mom, I'm like, well, can you imagine if like you were engaged to someone, and then like your friend started dating him, like? Mm. And I've had to have words with my nine year old niece about girl code, and because girls yeah. in there. Don't know the code. Oh, the young ones. <laughs> the young ones have to get taught what's right. I mean, I will say. I do agree, Miss Nurse Crane, and I will say this: Nurse Crane's a lot older. She's a lot wiser. Yeah. She can see as well. She can see something between Tom and Barbara. And also, she says that. Yep. Not telling. I mean, this is it's exactly, the same situation yeah. as la that she was in last week. Like, not not saying causes more hurt than just being well, upfront. But exactly. the, thing Phil, the thing that Phyllis also says, is, which is so wise, is as she's giving Barbara this counsel about like, no, you really have to say something. Barbara's like, well, but the thing is, like, I've never been on a date before. Like, I don't even really know if this is a date. Like, I'm not even sure. Like, what if this is just like nothing? What if it's just like two people who are like eating next to each other? And Barbara's like, well, do you really think you'd be getting like this twisted up about what to wear and how to do your makeup if it was just going out to dinner? Phyllis, like, Phyllis was like that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. If Phyllis was like, do you really think you'd be getting like all like, you know, like twisted up about it if it was just dinner with a friend? No, clearly this is something more than 
that and you know it and that's why you're acting like this and barbara's like ooh, 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 you know and oh and then also barbara is pinning a dress for trixie because she's gonna get it hemmed and barbara specifically asks trixie if she regrets breaking up with tom and i was like oh also she had time then to tell her yeah, she should have said yeah, something. She didn't want to, and that's why I think she she could have found the opportunity. And it would have been so much better if she'd told it. I know, front. I know. 100%. Putting it off was just going to make everybody... Because Trixie's, tr- Trixie's been aware of these two and their flirtation. Yeah, even before Barbara was. But I yeah. will say, though, as much as I'm saying Barbara's against girl code, when she turned out outside looking gorgeous and he was there waiting and like, Oh, the look of happiness from both of them. I just, oh, I loved it so much. I know, it was really Then it went straight to the police scene with Miss Whitmore, so totally put my uh, (laughs) my happiness down. But still, it was absolutely gorgeous. And also he brought, was it Freesha's? I didn't think he brought her any flowers. He was talking Did to I Fred about it. He was getting Freesha's for her. But I don't think he had no, any. He didn't, no, he didn't have yeah. any flowers. No, he didn't I was going to ask you about that, Bex, because I'm, I'm rubbish on flowers. Is that a good flower to bring on a first date, Freesha's? Freesha, well, I don't know what's particularly a good date. Freesha's yeah, like nice. symbolism or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I I like the scene between Fred and Fred and Tom because it was like Fred was like, oh, you know, here take some of my violets jam. You know, it's the best around. Like, you know, I'd make a pretty penny if she let me charge for it or whatever like that. And then Tom says something and he says, yeah, he's like, it's just so funny because like she was kind of like, you know, she was under my nose all along and I never knew. And then all of a sudden I opened my eyes one day and I just realized like, you know, this woman is like the best thing in the world. And he's like, isn't it funny how that works? And then Tom is like, hmm, it is really funny how that works. And like they just have this moment and you can tell Tom kind of like never really paid attention to her and then all of a sudden he sees her in this new light and um he's awesome oh it's really sweet it's really sweet oh girls wait okay sorry like i'm just gonna fast forward now so they come back from their date they're both holding bottles of milk i was like what in the world is going on here and then they say oh well like this really helped because fred told us that like the food would be so spicy like getting yeah. the bottles of milk did afterwards you see that was, like, scene what where fred said about the milk no but it made right. sense that that's when they mentioned better. the fishes as well which makes more sense oh that. okay so it's okay so that makes sense. yeah because they were they were down at um well, it's not an allotment, is it? Because it's right outside Nanata's house. Yeah, it's it doesn't look like an allotment, though. It's anyway, sorry, like carry left on. or whatever. No, that's fine. But anyway, so they're drinking the milk and they say, oh, it's really helped with the, you know, with like the spiciness of the food and everything like that. And then they, you know, they kind of like stop like at the place where like Tom's going to go one way and Barbara's going to go the other. And oh, Barbara, like I really felt for her because I just know this is something I would do if I was on a date. Like she, they, they kind of finish talking and then there's this pause and she just goes, Good night, and then like walk, you know, like just walk, like just like goes to like walk past him, and he grabs her hand, and it like, oh my gosh, I love like a like a charged hand grab, like it was just, it was like, it was, it was like, it was both nothing and something at the same time, and like just the way that he like, oh, just, and then he gave her this look, and then she gave him a look and everything, and then they kind of, and then Trixie gave them both a look because she was watching from the shadows. Well, she, yeah, she was literally stood like at the end of the bridge behind them and everything, so like she was kind of hidden, but you know, obviously they could see, but oh, and then and you know, because oh, oh my gosh, I just was, it like it really, it was like just this mini like romance in the middle of this otherwise like really tough episode and I just I loved it like I got all the butterflies in my stomach for them like I, I'm just really excited to see them like go oh we can't point. not be even though it's against girl code they weren't right together and I just I know I mean, to, to be fair, Tri- I don't think Trixie wants him. him. I think it was just hard for her to see him move on in real well, life. She was exactly right because she said she's like, I just, I, I'm like, I just feel like I'm an old spinster now. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, I, yeah, like I get that feeling. Like it's hard when you, you know, just feel like. Well, I liked Nurse Crane though. Ooh, fate worse than death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just love um, Phyllis and 
and Barbara's relationship because they're roommates yeah. so that's really like and the yeah. fact that Phyllis had a because she was late back from a delivery and Phyllis had her clothes all laid out for her yeah I and know. a wash bag ready and she was just a wing woman I know yeah. you can really see them becoming like really good friends and I had kind of not realized like how close they were but like watching it now again I'm like really seeing their friendship like blossom and it's really sweet and really beautiful and like it is yeah like they're they're so different and they're like really in different phases of life and like all these things but like they just they have they just have such a beautiful friendship love story you know it's oh it's really lovely it is mm. now so we move on to Patsy and Delia's love story oh so excited when she was moving in when they couldn't show how excited they were because obviously it's illegal so they couldn't tell anyone but they were so excited you could see on their faces how excited they were oh i loved it so much was this more than basically like one scene though for you guys because that's really all i got so there was the scene where because sister mary cynthia shows her because it's sister mary cynthia's old room that she's moved into yeah yeah, yeah. i mean what patsy and delia should have just been roommates yeah but they didn't want to be like oh you move out so i can move with my lesbian lover yeah, yeah I don't, they I don't, could I have done it weird. they could have done it really i don't know if i were them they need to maneuver it so that they become roommates and then they can just sneak sneak over to the other bed there's no like creeping along corridors <laughs> i did like the scene where they're like just you and me at last and trixie and barbara and nurse crane and quite a few nuns it didn't yeah. make me laugh. Yeah, exactly. And then well, there the was tension, scene, wasn't there? Yeah. And then the other scene that we had, which I don't know if you would have had, is when Patsy's upset about the typhoid outbreak and Delia goes to comfort her, which no. is what you would do with any of the other midwives. Yeah. Yeah. But we then didn't, Patsy. We didn't have that scene. Yeah, Patsy's really, really tense over it. And like. Yeah, she kind of reacts to it when overreacts. And everyone's like, that's a bit rude. I think I feel like it was just adjusting really to living together, and also you do take things out more and love people you love, and but obviously other but people realise that. Also, I think they're both really hyper aware of how they're acting around one another. Yeah. It's one of those situations where they're really self conscious of how they're behaving towards one another, whereas everyone isn't. They're, nobody else is paying any attention. Yeah, and they they're probably realize. not. They're probably not reacting to each other the way they would to to the other midwives because they think it's going to be obvious when it's not at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like when you've gone on a work night out and then all weekend you've got like the fear of what you did because you're just fixated on how you behaved on the night out. But actually nobody else cared or noticed what you were doing. When you say that, I've, I've had that many a time and it's oh, awful. There's still <laughs> legendary things about me on Christmas works too that I'm not going to repeat on there. Oh, that makes it sound get, sexual. It's not sexual. No comment from me. So, yeah. <laughs> But also, um, Fred and Sister Monica Joan this week were really cute. They were, but I've written here, where did Fred's allotment come from? Like, like it was a school last week. It was like they just wanted all of a sudden to have a garden and like set set a stage in the garden. And then they were also, like, okay, here we go. can I just say, Sister Monica Joan and that jam would drive me bloody mad. Her nicking all the, draw, all the jam, just so rude. It reminds well, me of my husband eating it by the spoonful. She was just eating it by the spoonful. Well, it's like living with my husband. Honestly, it just absolutely drives you mad. You can't have stuff in. You can't have nice things. Look, this is why I can't have nice things. But we can't have nice things. Yeah, but you can't even have basics. Didn't you eat all the rice during COVID? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> how, do you, how, it. how do you eat all the rice? What do you even mean oh, by that? Oh, right. Last night, we got a Chinese. And uh-huh. I hardly had any of it because I was just so tired or whatever. And I thought, yeah. oh, I'll have that for me tea tonight or whatever. This morning, literally by like, I got up at nine or something, all of it had gone. He, he ate it, the rest of it for the breakfast. And we had to order because you had to be twenty two pounds because yeah, 
get it delivered and we were both so tired from this gala and yeah. my daughter was at my grand- uh, grandparents for the night so we got this chinese and we had to 20 so i've got loads of appetizers other stuff as well all uh-huh. gone all every single bit gone oh my god do you remember the last time i came over and i bought all this stuff that i was going to send to myself like and send yes. like fr- send to friends and things like that in the u.s yeah. who also love british foods you couldn't get over here and they were all in the boot of your car and then like like i went home and you were like okay i'm gonna post it over to you like no worries well i put it in a plastic then- bag it was in a plastic bag and i put it in the yeah. like in a room so he wouldn't find it yeah bad move he found it ate it all we had to then buy it all and i was like well what was in it and he was like um some what's it I'm like, what else was in it? But but like, let me just clarify. It wasn't like just a bag of what's it. It was like I had bought like a family size pack of like, indivi- like there were like a dozen bags of what's it inside this massive bag because it was yeah. like we were gonna have loads and that was like yeah, the whole was, like, point. Hula I bought, like, the as biggest... well, a massive family Hula pack hoops. of that. There was loads yeah. of different chocolate bars. It was literally two things of Tunnock's tea cakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I I like I was like, oh, I'm gonna really stock up. You know what I mean? And we bought like a whole big thing of it. Yeah, it's really anything. It's quite impressive. He's like a pig sh- finding truffle. It's just well, you uh... never, you'd never know. It's like where does it go? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would never, you would be like, you look at him and you're just like, how do you do it? Like where does it go? It's like, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not like Peter that likes to jam roly poly and it shows. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's men for you, isn't it? They can eat everything though and still oh, be fine. It drives me insane. Uh, did you also notice all the sisters in Compline? Yeah. I did notice because Sister Winifred wasn't sing- singing and they did a close up and I was like, who's that lady? And then I did yeah, notice. Yeah. That could be us. Hashtag recall oh. for Compline. If you want to see us on Call the Midwife and we'll yeah. do a podcast from the actual uh, building. Yeah. Hashtag recall for Compline all over social media, please. If you want to see one third of our face, in extreme close-up in the corner of a screen while they're really looking at a different character who's like having an emotional trauma then yes hashtag recall for compliment yeah hashtag (laughs) yes exactly exactly okay heroes and zeros who's first i'll go okay my zero i'm really struggling with my zero i'm struggling between jeremy mrs tucker and sister winifred and i think i'm gonna go with sister winifred oh because although she didn't purposefully sabotage Miss Whitmore, I just think she just did her dirty. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah. So, Sister Winifred is going to be my zero. My hero is going to be Nurse Crane. Hero! Okay! Yes! Yeah. Just for her friendship with Barbara and just stepping in, supporting Barbara. Telling her that she needs to tell. Yeah. Just, Yeah. Love it. Jen? I know this is going to be a shock to everyone. I I apologize, listeners. I have a cough drop in because I'm still recovering from being sick. But my zero is Jeremy. That garbage pile of a human being. I... I hope something terrible happens to him, like a brick falls on his head or something like that. Like, he's just (laughs) terrible. I hope his wife leaves him for someone else after having a baby with someone else. Yeah, 1000%. Like, I mean, he's probably a terrible teacher, terrible man, like, just so I just have no time or patience for him. Like, I hope he gets an offset inspection. Not only (laughs) what's what's an offset inspection? Um, It's like a government inspection of a school. And it's notoriously awful. Okay. And you know, the thing is that really irritated me about him, not only was he like a horrible scoundrel, which is like bad enough, but also to be that way and to be such a freaking coward about it as well. Yeah. Like the cowardice of and like of of that man just oh he just zero like to a thousand. 
Okay, now onto my hero, the opposite of the spectrum. Now, Tom and Barbara are really my hero, but what's really my hero is all of a sudden waking up one morning and seeing the one that's been there all along in a whole new light. Like, I just, I love that line that Fred gave. Like, I, lo- like, I love that romantic trope. I love stories that are like that, where like, you know, like there's someone that's like so amazing and they've just been like there for you the whole time, like just doing all these wonderful things, like, you know, da da da. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, like she's been here all along or he's been here all along and like you know just I just and then you fall in love I mean I just oh my god I love it like it just was so sweet and they just like really gave me like a little romantic like ray of sunshine this week and I just adored it oh and after your hero zero out I want to talk about that song really quick so I don't forget okay Uh, okay my hero is Sister Monica Joan this week, Ooh. which is unusual for me, I know. But the way she said, I don't believe in weeds. A weed is simply a flower that someone decides is in the wrong place. And her speech about it deserving an efficacious spot in which to flourish got Patsy's brain working for Megan a new flat. So she is my hero for that. Aww. Yeah, we didn't talk about Sister Monica Joan replanting all the weeds in Faisal <laughs> Hotman, but it was amazing. It was mm-hmm. amazing. And she's right, they are beautiful colours. Yeah. Uh, my zero, I can't do anyone else but Jeremy, so I'm nicking yours as well, Jen. No, it's um, fine. He deserves all the zeros. Mr. In the world. Bean, Jeremy, not fit, awful, hate your bag, done. He sucks. Yeah. Okay. So just a really quick um, note about this song. So this song that I noted was, it was a montage and it was playing kind of in the, it was it was interesting the way they did it. It was playing while Miss Whitmore was like looking at the letter from Jeremy. And then I think also while while something with Jeanette was happening, you know, like while, while Nanny Meg was like taking care of the baby and like doing stuff around the, the house where everyone was living all really close together. But it was a song and basically the chorus of the song was take good care of my baby, take good care of my baby. And really quickly just because take good care of my My baby baby. um and let me just read some of the lyrics because because they're really they're really sweet actually but it was really heartbreaking when you think about the situation that that the 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 juxtaposition of both mrs whitmore that's like in a really terrible situation and then mrs and then jeanette and everything it says take good care of my baby please don't ever make her blue just tell her that you love her make sure you're thinking of her in everything you say and do and that that chorus like while she's reading the letter from jeremy that's basically just being like you know see you later take good care of my baby don't you ever make her cry just let your love surround her put her paint a rainbow all around her don't let her see a cloudy sky once upon a time that little girl was mine if i'd been true i'd know she'd never be with you i mean again like the song choice was just so perfect they didn't play the whole song they just played like a few parts of it or whatever but really really smart and i just i just thought it was like really quite thoughtful and yeah so if anyone wants to like listen to that song now and then like kind of think about that scene or those scenes that they played it over again it's worth it's worth a listen because it's a really artful use of music i think but yeah and also quite a well-known song because obviously we've spoken about the fact that they're not normally so Mm, mm, mm. okay now i've got one now this is anonymous i just want to say this today this is confirmation that our fans are young as well so we have a 17 year old listener (gasps) oh my god yeah i know i was honestly this made my day i loved it so much so thank you so much we've had loads of other messages as well and we will get through them all so thank you so so much to everyone please message in please share our stuff please do everything because it's amazing and it just gives us life so i'll I'll read this it's quite long so i'm gonna read it all but it is anonymous hi i've been listening since nearly the beginning and your podcast has pretty much got me through my first year of sixth form so that's a levels jen so she's 16 to 17 oh Yeah, at least making sure I get a sufficient dose of Call the Midwife so it's easier for my friends to put up with me. Laughing face. Every week, there's so much you all say that I'm like, finally, someone else noticed the extra nuns, Alex. (laughs) 
and also pointing out things I've never thought of before. Honestly, I think I've listened to every episode you've done on series two at least 10 times. Oh, we love you. Oh, my oh, God. I, I know. It's my favourite series, so I've watched this even more times than the other series. Well, can I just say, that's also my favourite series, but that's by the by. Oh. So I've spent too, way too much time thinking about it. Sorry, I've got a proper question. Just there's lots of things I've thought about while I'm listening to the podcast, so I'm going to go to the bullet points. Right, so here we go. Are you ready? Okay. okay. Right, I'm totally with her on all these sort of things. I feel we need to start a movement for Sister Julienne, hashtag, uh, hashtag, slash Jenny Agatha for Prime Minister. I'm with Jen, loving the line, you belong to no one but yourself and you know exactly where you're going. Oh, preach. Amen to that. Yeah. So with yeah. you. Yes, yes. Becky and Jen, I agree with you about Nurse Peters who looks after Sister Bernadette in the sanatorium. You need to find entertainment somewhere when looking after people with TB all day <laughs> when they're not in the chicken shed. See, she knows, yeah. Uh, Becky's your chicken shed there. Um, I tried Horlicks for the first time when, when at my granny's the other day. Alex's description p- fits perfectly. Sorry, Jen, but Jimmy was my zero of series two. <laughs> <laughs> I realised the other day when re-watching the series two Christmas special, we see the vicar when Turnadette get married. So we need to look out for that again. Oh. This is the most important one for me. Alex, I went to Eurovision too. <gasps> this is my soulmate in the form of a 17-year-old girl. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, if you if you'd been like a really young mom, she could have been your kid. I know, not even that young to be honest, Jen. Yeah, really, like, actually, yeah. A norm, normal mom age to be honest. But yeah, yeah, okay. Oh. Just to mention my uh, got to mention my love of Alex's brummy accent when speaking as Jane. <laughs> ah! Also, I adore Jane. So disappointed we didn't get a wedding. Yeah, he says. And no, it's not exactly typical for a seventeen-year-old to get through essays by essays by listening to your podcast slash. Uh, slash Spend free time knitting whilst watching Call the Midwife. Also, sorry this was so long. Never be sorry this was long. It was amazing. (laughs) Just wanted to say thank you so much for doing this podcast. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. But also, this is my favourite part. Please, can you not say my name? Because it'll be really awkward if any of my teachers listen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I cherish every word this young How good was that? I did send a reply saying how much I loved it. But I really wanted to read it out. Thank you so, so, so much. But you know who you are. This is the personal one for you. Thank you. So, if there's any younger ones, send us. Send us. Oh I wow! Hear if there's she, any younger, but oh, thank you so so she, much. She is our soul sister, one thousand percent. Oh my god, yeah, I love mine. it. Yeah, yeah. There is nothing more affirming than like a cool teen thinking we're cool. I oh my god, I, I'm in love with this. I'm in love with this so much. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> oh my goodness! So oh my next goodness. week, ladies, we shall be watching series five, episode four. If you would like to yeah. watch along and then listen along with us, we would love it. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can subscribe. You can also subscribe to our podcast on all the podcast places, and also leave a review. And if you want to email us, you can. It's recallthemidpod at gmail dot com. Just message us, send us your whatever you want, any questions for us, that would be amazing. But thank you so much for listening. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you next week. Bye. See you next week. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.